Welcome in. You have found the fastest growing podcast for the food and beverage industry. It's Winning at Work. I'm Tony Moore, expert headhunter, semi-professional podcaster, and each and every week I'm interviewing CEOs, founders, and executives of the fastest growing food and beverage companies on planet Earth. I want to know what makes their brands and their companies different, better, special. My totally awesome brands featured here take us deep into the world of the good for you category, functional beverages, beer and wine, food tech, Nutritech, food as medicine, sustainability, recycling innovations, and the CBD and hemp world. If you want to learn how to build a brand and scale a brand, I've got you covered. You can subscribe to this on iTunes, on Spotify, which I prefer. You can follow me on LinkedIn. And I'm on Instagram at different, better, special brands. Now, what do I do? What's my day job? Well, I help companies attract talent. So when your organization is struggling to attract talent, give me a call. I'll share with you what makes my system different, better, and special, and why we're so effective. All right, enough about all that. Let's get into today's episode. Today I'll be joined by Jordan Bass. He's the CEO and co-founder of Hopwater, and Hopwater is aiming to disrupt the non-alcoholic beer space. That industry is really trending. It is not so much a niche anymore. I know I remember when I first was getting into non-alcoholics, I had like three choices. Gone are those days. Not only are they non-alcoholic, but they're functional. His background, sales, marketing, strategy, and then e-commerce. And he leveraged his e-commerce experience to help bring this brand to life during the pandemic. Big accomplishment. And he's going to kind of walk us through four, five, six really strong reasons to develop and have a very robust, very strong e-commerce platform. They also had to start their company remote. That came with a lot of challenges. He's going to give his opinions on that and how they've kind of transitioned into a hybrid model to really help the culture. Jordan's an all-around great guy. I think you're going to love his backstory. I think you're going to love the product. But this is definitely one of those different, better, special brands that I wanted to bring to your attention. And yeah, sit back and enjoy. We've got Jordan coming up next. One of the biggest trends in beverage right now is the the, the rise in non-alcoholic beers. I mean, the pandemic has really accelerated everyone's interest in health and wellness. And as a result, I mean, I I do drink non-alcoholic beer, but I used to go into the case and the racks, there just were not a lot of options. And all of a sudden, I started seeing these better looking brands, you know, kind of putting more and more product out. And so I'm real. I have to say, I'm really excited today to introduce everybody to Jordan Bass. He's the CEO and co-founder of Hopwater. Jordan, welcome in. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So I have no idea how this is going to play out. So I just want to hear that nice, little crisp, nice. that little crisp pop. This is the uh, Hopwater Classic. And um, I have to say, we had about a 15-minute podcast that the entire thing was just wiped out. So this <laughs> is our attempt number two, and uh, I'm on my second hop water. I crushed the first one, the blood orange. It took me like no time to get through it. Um, really, it's, it's a fascinating product. Give us 
a little background just on where did the idea come from, Jordan? Why did you start Hopwater? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm enjoying our newest flavor, the uh, Hopwater Lime. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me. The greatest yeah, of so, all lime. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You saw the tagline. I did. Uh, so yeah, so the concept really came out of kind of a personal need for myself and my co-founder. We were really looking for this product and, and couldn't find it. And, you know, we go all the way back to the beginning. I've always been a pretty outdoor guy, pretty active lifestyle. I was actually training for a triathlon and found that, you know, I wasn't burning kind of my beer gut quite as much as I had anticipated. And, you know, I think that uh, there's probably others that can relate. I, I like to claim I'm in my mid thirties, but I'm decidedly late thirties. And I think it gets a little tougher as we, uh, as we get older. And I relate. I kept kind of, yeah. I kept trying to figure out, you know, why and, uh, my wife got pregnant, which was amazing with her first child. And of course she stopped drinking. So I like to say I lost my drinking partner and it quickly put a spotlight on the fact that I was the only one crushing double IPAs on the couch in the evening and, you know, a bunch of beers on the weekend. And that was a, <laughs> a bit counterproductive. And so, you know, I started drinking LaCroix and after you have four or five of those at the office during the day, that fifth or sixth one in the evening doesn't feel that celebratory. And then, you know, it was, was, uh, trying non-alcoholic beers. And again, this was a couple of years ago. So at the time they, they, you know, still weren't tasting that great. There's a lot of brands doing really great work out there now. And the, the flavors improved a lot. Uh, but you know, I was really looking for something with lower, no calories, lower, no carbs, give me that great taste of beer and still had some functional aspect to it that gave me that mood boosting, relaxing benefit that I got from drinking a couple beers. And so, you know, Nick, who, who's my co-founder, is a competitive athlete, former Marine. He would say the same thing. You know, he was put on a bunch of weight, was kind of feeling gross, was looking for alternatives. And when we didn't see something in the market that had those attributes, we said, you know, let, let's go build this for ourselves. And, uh, you know, we, we launched it and we can talk more about the launch of the company. But, you know, we launched it and we saw that that others uh, had that same same that same need. And it wasn't just for us. And so once we saw that, we said, you know, we've got a concept here. We've got a hole in the market. Let's go. And I tell you what I find really interesting is that you sent this really nice care package over to my house so we could kind of, you know, check it out. And my wife does not like beer. And I was like, I've got this new product. I want you to check it out. It's called Hop Water. She goes, but I don't drink beer. And I want, I want you to try it anyway. And I didn't think much of it. You know, I had them out in the fridge. And I started coming home and finding these empty cans <laughs> everywhere in the kitchen. Apparently, you know, she loves the product. Yeah. And what what is yeah, see, is there something going on with that? Yeah, we see this as a really common kind of uh, usage occasion. You know, we'll see people. I'll have this this interaction with consumers all the time where they'll say like, "Oh, I don't really like beer. It's probably not for me." I'll say, "You know what? Try it anyway. Give it a shot." And they'll try it and they'll say like, wow, that's really full flavor. I really like that. The, you know, the, the um, fruit notes pair well with the hops, et cetera. And uh, this was actually one of the insights that we had early on when we launched Hopwater. Uh, we got some feedback from a consumer that said, I really love your product. I'm not actually really a big beer fan, but it fits this perfect usage occasion for me. And it was a wife and a mother who started ordering it, got our subscription. And she said that, you know, her husband and her kids would be at the beach and they would drink a couple beers and she always kind of felt left out. And so now she'll bring hop waters and she'll crack a couple hop waters while they're drinking beers. And it 
fits, it allows her to socialize, spend time with her family and still kind of have a, you know, a great product experience. And so that was a big insight for us. And we actually, when we first launched the company, you know, Nick and I are a couple guys that, you know, like to snowboard and surf and all that stuff. And so we said, oh, it's going to be a bunch of bros that, you know, like beer. And we were really present, pleasantly surprised that we're actually seeing our sales are about 60, 40 in favor of female male. And so it's really like a, a pretty universally uh, enjoyed product. And we're seeing it also, not only is it, is it like that, it's not just we're, we're in Los Angeles, we found that it wasn't just, you know, Southern California folks that liked it. It really maps one-to-one with the beer drinking population across the U.S. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not just bougie people and it's not the the plaid wearing, you know, thick bearded, <laughs> rugged exactly. guy. But, you know, literally, and I, I'm not just saying this because there's a lot of things that I, that I don't like, but no, I don't, products that I don't like. I do like this product. It's zero. I'm looking at the can, zero carbs zero carbs, no calories, and it's like loaded with flavor. And I mentioned this in the great podcast that no one's ever going to hear <laughs> that I I really do feel like my mood has definitely changed a little bit. And I wasn't actually expecting that. Yeah. Yeah. That was part of what we wanted out of this product. And so we have ashwagandha and L-theanine in the product. L-theanine is known to give you kind of a calm focus. And ashwagandha is an adaptogen that helps the body to adapt, kind of rebalance, um, uh, de-stress. And so we wanted to have a little bit of a functional benefit to the product. So, you know, it'll give you a little bit of a mood boosting kind of relaxed feeling. And we also intentionally designed it so that it wasn't, uh, you know, overpowering. You could have one, you could have three, you could have six. We wanted consumers to be able to again, kind of mimic that occasion of having a few cold ones. And so uh, that's what we designed. But as you said, you know, it gives a nice mood boosting benefit. So you get both flavor, you know, health benefit um, and the occasion. And again, you don't feel like you're carrying around, you know, five, six, seven hundred carbs of, you know, if you're going to sit there and drink, you know, quite a bit. So absolutely. It's, yeah. And, you know, we'll find that so surprising about it, honestly, Jordan. Yeah, we'll find a, a, a another really great usage occasion that we find that consumers love is that, you know, they'll have a couple alcohol drinks and then a couple non-alcohol drinks. And uh, there's actually a great statistic out there that says mm. that about 60% of consumers are now switching between full strength alcoholic beverages and low or no alcoholic beverages in the same usage occasion. You know, as I mentioned, like I still enjoy drinking a craft beer, but I found as I get older, you know, if I have three or four of them, I'm feeling it the next day. Whereas if I have one or two and then I have a couple hop waters, I feel great the next day and I can, you know, continue to, uh, to go hard at work or and crush your dreams at work. Things that I want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so speaking of work, um, I do think this, your backstory is pretty interesting and it's going to get into really the main theme here of, uh, you know, of how to build, build a brand. But for people who don't know, you came from the wonderful company, you were the head of e-commerce and, I mean, a lot of iconic brands there. It's a $5 billion privately held company. And I mean, I, I've worked in some pretty big companies and you you get loaded up with benefits and all kinds of things and you kind of feel like you're on a cruise ship. So that that was that a pretty big challenging move to leave that and head off into the world of hop? 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was a great company. I had, I really enjoyed my time there. I learned a lot, met a lot of really talented people and got to do some exciting things. Gave me an opportunity to help build the e-commerce business, which was phenomenal. I, I really enjoyed that, learned a lot. Um, you know, I've always had kind of the entrepreneurial bug. My you know family was in agriculture and, and were hard workers and, and kind of entrepreneurial. And then uh, after I, I started in venture capital when I was first out of school and then that, that company financed a startup. So I got some startup experience pretty early, helped to build a startup in the clean tech space where I headed sales and marketing. And so I really got your kind of like roll your sleeves up experience there. After that, as you mentioned, I went to Wonderful and spent seven years there. Again, was a, a great company, great ride. Uh, and absolutely, they took care of me. But I really wanted to do something more entrepreneurial and get back to that. That was really my passion and my dream. And, you know, when I started kind of looking at opportunities, really, you know, this came out of both, as I mentioned, a product that I wanted to build for myself, but then also found that there was a market opportunity. And once I saw that, it became too good to pass up. And I said, we've got to go. But for sure, I will, uh, you know, for everyone out there listening that maybe is in that same position and is looking to make an entrepreneurial jump. Definitely, there was a, there was some fear that was there. There was definitely, it took me a while to, to build up the courage to kind of go out on my own. But again, we saw the market opportunity was so strong. And uh, once I took the leap, uh, I never looked back and I, I'd encourage everyone to do it. You know, I think that, that two thirds of it is just making the decision. Once you once you do, you're in it. Uh, it's creative. It's exciting. Uh, it's uh, it's everything that I wanted it to be. And so certainly encourage everyone to make that leap if you're interested. Yeah, very inspiring because you're right. Once you get into the chair and you're thinking about solving your problems, it's just like it would have been you know, at your current company. It's just that now the the runway is so different and the opportunities, it's just, it's a great move. And and I, I ran my own business for 10 years. So I, I that's why I speak from experience. I know what it's like. It does feel great. There are some white knuckle moments, particularly when you go for funding, you know, when you, you got to put your house up for Hawk. It They're not going to, you know, lend to you just because you're a nice guy and uh, they like your product. That helps. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would, I think one common thing that I see or common sort of mistake that I see with aspiring entrepreneurs is that they try to solve all of the problems before actually getting into the business. So you kind of try to look around every single corner and find a solution to it and really overanalyze it. And the reality is that it's just not possible. You know, certainly you should try to look at the big ones before making the decision. And Make sure that it is the, you know, there's product market fit and those types of things, or there's the opportunity. But the reality is once you get in, you're going to make adjustments along the whole way. Uh, and that is the life of building a company. So uh, just, you know, don't, don't too much overthink it. Yeah, that's true. And I, you see, I see that in a lot of areas of people's life. They try to get everything lined up. I hear that even for marriage. They want to get everything lined up. No, if you got the right one, go. You know, you got the right idea in business, just go. And so Absolutely. speaking about getting up and going and you starting this brand, building and scaling a brand. So you come out of the world of, of e-commerce, right? That's your, your passion, your expertise. But most beverage brands don't launch e-com. They go retail. So explain your strategy of starting with e-com and then how you're building from that into the other channels. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, so we launched the business in late 2020. And, you know, obviously it was a very unique environment to launch a brand 
in the pandemic. You know, the traditional playbook, I think, as you alluded to, or, or one of the traditional ones is to kind of launch in the on-premise, get product into the consumer's hands, so they can taste it, kind of build brand awareness, and then, and then go into the off-premise. We really, you know, that was our original thinking, but we just didn't have that strategy available to us given that we launched in the pandemic. And so fortunately, I had the experience and, and my co-founder, both, you know, both of us had the experience of, of how to build an e-commerce business. So we leaned on what we knew and we launched in e-commerce and, you know, it worked out really well for us in multiple ways. One, it allowed us to really, uh, it allowed us to confirm product market fit right away. So using digital, we were able to get rapid feedback from consumers and validate that there was product market fit. Two, what I just alluded to, it allows you to iterate really quickly. We're able to get real-time feedback from consumers and compress that iteration cycle. And for any brand that's starting out, whatever you launch with is not going to be what you finish with. I mean, you may your formulation may not change, but like your packaging, how you message your product, like there's just going to be things that you learn along the way and adjust. And I think digital allows you to do that really quickly. So that was a big benefit for us. Another benefit was that we're able to take that data once we started to go build into retail and show retailers that consumers like the product. And in fact, we already had consumers in their geographical territory buying the product and we were over indexing. So it gave them a little bit of comfort. It's tough for a retailer, right? To take into a, a, to take an unproven brand in. We're able to add that additional layer of data and say, no, look, we've already know consumers in your territory are purchasing. And so it gave them a little extra comfort to put the product on shelf. So those are a couple of the benefits. There's there's certainly a number more I could talk about. Well, I like the fact that you're saying you can uh, iterate quickly and make adjustments. And uh, I really uh, I've seen a need for sampling because you want to get that feedback. And like you said, you thought this was for a certain category or, or for a, a, a marketplace. And then you found out that, you know, 60 percent were women. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that's kind of interesting because you could maybe then adjust your your packaging or some of your messaging to include maybe a broader range of people, right? Yeah. That So the woman sees something that they relate to and it just kind of further emphasizes that. Yeah, it's also great because, you know, you build this consumer base and with e-commerce and digital, you're able to really speak directly to your consumer through your emails, through your social, through your customer service, et cetera. And so... You're, and, and with a product like Hopwater, especially that it's a functional benefit, it requires a little bit of education. So consumers are able to get on our email list. We're able to tell them about the hops, where they come from, the flavor profiles, the functional benefits, et cetera. So it creates this really great conversation. The other thing is, is it builds this consumer base that you're able to survey, get feedback from. You can ask them what flavors they're interested in when you're looking at innovation. So it creates this really robust group. And, and to your point on demographics, you're able to understand a little bit more about what your consumer profile is. And then you can take that to retail and, and other areas to uh, be a little bit more efficient as you're growing your business. So you said you were able to use some of that data when you were talking to the category managers and the buyers what what are the trends right now that you're seeing in non-alcoholic? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing tremendous move from kind of a niche category really to a mainstream category. This we're we're, uh, we're sitting in February now as we're recording this. You know, when we, uh, we so we just came out of dry January and we see that dry January is really moving into the mainstream. When we look back at the data, 
in 2021, about 13% of adults participated in dry January. In 2022, that number increased to 20%. So really huge increase. It's really just becoming, yeah, a much more mainstream thing to participate in. I think that, you know, consumers are increasingly looking at their health and trying to be healthier. And so that trend, I think, is a is a leading indicator of at what consumers are looking for. You know, as I had mentioned earlier, uh, about 60 percent of consumers are switching between full strength alk and, and low and no strength, uh, low and no uh, alk beverages on the same occasion. So as that behavior builds in January, we see it carrying through the rest of the year and consumers are just being more purposeful about when they're consuming. So you've got your e-commerce platform out there running and cranking, and you mentioned you've got a couple programs where you can just get on the like auto renew, essentially, right? Um, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about what's happening in in retail. Yeah, you know, we're really uh, so our, our focus is really continuing to build our e-commerce business and and building our uh, retail off-premise business, and we're seeing tremendous traction in the off-premise. I think that you know uh, retailers driven by this consumer demand are increasingly dedicating more and more space in their store to non-alk beverages. And uh, so, you know, we're a part of that. I think, you know, we just talked about dry January, one leading retailer, you know, had a dedicated uh, non-alk beer and hop water section for dry January because consumers are looking for it. Another retailer that I visited recently in Texas, I was speaking to the beer department manager and he was showing me the non-alk beverage set and was, and it was picked over. It looked like uh, it had just been, you know, everything had been taken out of it. He's like, I just stocked this last night. And, you know, it really just shows to the fact that like consumers are demanding this product. And so retailers are continuing to dedicate more space. So, yeah, I've had a lot of success. We're super thankful to our retail partners. We've got some really great partners out there that are working with us as this category is building. Well, if you started from an e-commerce standpoint, I don't want to make too many assumptions here, but that probably helped you, you know, have higher margins because it is e-com and you probably didn't have to have a huge, you know, workforce right in front of you, right? You could probably go a little more remote. Did you get into that kind of remote work a little bit with this kind of strategy? Yeah, great question. Yeah, we started fully remote and for the first uh, six plus months of the life of the company, we were all working remote you know, we eventually uh, decided to get an office because we found that everybody working remote in the beginning when it was a really small group was okay. And I had also worked with some of the people before, so we knew each other. But as we started to bring new people into the company, it was really tough to replicate our culture. And it was tough to for those people to develop relationships across the organization. You know, when you're on Zoom or whatever all day, you know, I find that the relationship development aspect is just really tough. You, somebody gets on, you debate, you know, you're, you're discussing a question, someone's asking you to do something, you go off and do that. You know, oftentimes you don't get the context for who that person is, you know, the, the um, additional aspects behind the ask. Maybe an ask might come off as a little bit short, but you realize like, hey, that person's just efficient with their time. And I think you would get to know that person better in person. So we started really trying to, uh, create offsites. I think in my past, offsites were kind of a luxury uh, where it was almost like a reward for the employee. I think in this remote work setting, it is an absolute necessity. Got to get team members together so they can get to know each other. Uh, it really translates to better efficiency, better culture uh, in the workplace when people can get to know each other outside of the 2D box of Zoom. 
It's, it's, isn't it interesting? It's kind of swung back to people wanting face to face. I just remember everyone clamoring for, they wanted more time from home, more time from home. And, you know, my team is growing and I'm, and I'm adding people. And I talked to someone, great candidate. And the drive was going to be maybe a little too far. And they decided, you know, working from home more is not what I want. I want that face to face. So I get that. Absolutely. Yeah. So we ultimately transitioned to getting a workspace. Uh, People come in a couple days a week and then work from home for a couple days a week. And we found that that plus events for people that are fully remote or just to have some casual time outside of the office is really the right mix to build culture uh, for everyone to be happy with kind of their work-life balance. And, And ultimately, I think people are more efficient. You know, I know for myself, I love being in the office. I love talking to everyone. I get to know people. But there's also times when I have a thoughtful project that I need to work on. And having a couple hours at home where it's quiet and I'm able to really focus on a spreadsheet or a presentation or something is really valuable for me. So I think ultimately we're we're still finding the mix, like probably many companies. But so far, that kind of you know hybrid remote plus events has been a good balance for us. I, I've talked to some other wellness and natural and a lot of the plant-based companies, they, they have a, almost like a platform that they want to innovate from. And you kind of touched on that earlier about the importance of, you know, innovating, you have to keep coming up with new things. So with a brand like this, and I don't expect you to reveal your next great big, you know, uh, although if you want to, you you can go go for it, but uh, <laughs> you heard it here first. No, so uh, how do you approach this space from innovation? Is it flavor? Is it other something completely different? What's the thought process? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we step back, kind of like the mission of the company is really to provide consumers products so that they can socialize, relax, hang out without missing out. And so, you know, it's a pretty broad platform for, for us. You know, when we look at kind of this non-alc beer space, non-alc beer kind of adjacent hoppy water space, we think there is a tremendous runway for the categories. I mentioned, you know, the dry January statistics, all of the statistics show that consumers are adopting uh, pretty quickly. And so from an innovation standpoint, we think there's a long runway, both in flavor and in function. Uh, I won't reveal any uh, specific innovations yet. Well, I, I had to ask, you know. <laughs> yeah, we just launched our first innovation as a company, which is our, our lime flavor, and is absolutely phenomenal. Anyone that hasn't tried it, I suggest you go out to your favorite retailer on our website and try it. Um, but yeah, we think there's additional room to innovate. You know, consumers are looking for full flavor. That's something we deliver. And there's a lot of really exciting flavors that pair well with hops. Uh, and we also think the functional category is super interesting. So again, this category is really just getting started. And uh, we think there's a long runway uh, for both consumer demand as well as innovation. Yeah, I guess you could just kind of go out and start researching all the different types of, you know, ingredients that you can infuse, right? There's no limit around that. And then you've got flavors. So it's kind of exciting. And I think, too, from a from a spending standpoint, you have to be disciplined, right? You have to you don't want to go. Yeah. You know, you don't have uh, not yet. You don't have your five billion dollar uh, portfolio or brands like you're, you're like you're used to. I know you're dreaming big, but it might take you a minute someday. Someday, right? <laughs> um, so, when you go out to hire, are you finding that uh, people are, are attracted to this kind of setup that that you're offering? I know there's just a huge talent issue right now for folks. So, 
what's happening for you guys? What's what seems to be working? If another entrepreneur was listening, maybe you've got some some tips to help them. Yeah. You know, we're certainly, as you mentioned, it's a uh, tough talent environment out there. There's there's a lot of opportunities. You know, I think we've got a lot of things going for us. We're a I think, very cool brand. Uh, we're getting tremendous traction. We're in an exciting category that's growing. So, you know, I think that's an attractive uh, piece to, to candidates. Certainly want to be on the, the growth edge. It's a lot of fun for sure. Uh, we've got a great culture as a business to certainly work hard, play hard, have nice, you know, family balance, but try to do something special and build a brand, which I think a, a lot of consumers are, or a lot, excuse me, a lot of candidates are attracted to. Uh, from a from a, a work standpoint, you know, we're really looking for the best and brightest in, in every function, and so a lot of our employees are completely remote. Uh, we're based in Los Angeles. For those in Los Angeles, I mentioned we have kind of a hybrid work environment, but we are. We are looking really for the best talent across the country, and if uh, if someone's happy working remote and they're the right person for the position and, and they are excited about it, we're okay if they're remote. And then we really try to do uh, regular activities where we get everyone together in person so that they could get to know their colleagues and really be a part of the culture. So we did a, an amazing holiday party where everyone came in, flew in, we had a really great time, uh, and we'll do that you know occasionally throughout the year. Yeah, you really have to open yourself up to where the talent is and just find a way to integrate them in. There's, Absolutely. Because you're in such a hyper-competitive marketplace, just in general, food and beverage. Then you really narrow in into beverage. When you get into um, the kind of money that you know you have to raise, the kind of money you have to spend, you you just you have to have those right people in place because – your investors and everyone else, they, they just want to see that you've got the right folks. Yeah, I mean, having the right team is the number one most important thing in having a successful company. And we have, I think, one of the best teams in the startup beverage business, hands down. Uh, could not do this without everyone that's sitting around the table helping. Uh, really feel thankful for, for all of those folks that are that are helping to build this business. Well, we're certainly excited to see where this thing goes next. And I, I tell you, I'm in a great mood. I just just crushed two hop waters. Um, I'm feeling great. Um, I could probably keep on my second. I'm working on my second for the day too and uh, expect to have a few more. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to have to go check out this uh, e-com platform and just kind of see what the different options are. So for people who want to go and try this, what's the best way you mentioned the website again and where else they can find. Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to our website, hopwtr.com. That's hopwater.com. You can order directly from us. We're also on great retailers like GoPuff and Amazon. And then we're in great retailers across the country like Wegmans, HEB, Ralph's, BevMo, and more. Man, that's fantastic. Jordan, uh, we're pulling for you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's a fun ride. Thank you so much for having me. Really enjoyed chatting today. Well, I hope you enjoyed Jordan Bass today. Please be sure to share this if you're finding it on LinkedIn. Tag me, tag Jordan. Let's get a conversation going. You can also find pictures of this on our Instagram page, Different Better Special Brands. And if you love the content, follow us, uh, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. We'll see you next week.